splits. It's like a little, you know, those like slip grip oh, dots. Yeah, yeah. Slip grip, slip grip dots from the hospital socks. God damn! That's like our our fucking hit single. <laughs> <laughs> slip grip dots from the hospital socks. <laughs> What, how's the chorus go? I don't know. They don't catch me slipping. <laughs> My hospital sucks. They catch me slipping. I'm sliding. <laughs> Try to catch me walking sturdy. <laughs> You're dumb. That was good. Oh, that was it good was one. really good. <laughs> that was so good. Eminem ain't got shit on me, Mm-mm. son. Nope. Was that freestyle champion? Boy. Boy. <laughs> flame ball. Flame. <laughs> I was going to say. Anyway. Hey, guys, I don't have braces. Stacy got her braces off. Look at the shit. Look at those teeth. That's a million dollar smile right there. Tester. <laughs> <laughs> Are you licking them a lot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it feeling nice? My lips are so slippery. Mm-hmm. My teeth are so slippery. That's my goddamn. By the way, I should have, like, segued that into, do you want to hear my goddamn? But we all know that's my goddamn. Oh, yeah. That's I also have goddamn. another goddamn that might be related to your goddamn, but. It is. But <laughs> we cannot, we cannot gloss over yeah. that I no longer have braces. Hell yeah. Got them removed. Get out of here, brace face stays. Downside. Yeah? I have to wear a retainer. Whatever. You'll be fine. During the day and at night. 24-7, for, unless I'm eating or drinking something. For how long? Hot. Four months. Mm. And then I have to go to nighttime only, which is fine. I, I thought it was going to be only nighttime. Mm-hmm. But, 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 anybody who has a retainer, maybe tell me, because I don't know, and maybe you can. I cannot talk with my retainer in. It's no, been suck. two full days now, and I have gotten a little better. But, like, I was telling Lee, because it's very frustrating, it's hard to talk, whatever, I sound stupid. And so, like, at work, if I have a meeting, I pop them out, which my dentist would probably be, whatever, orthodontist would probably be really mad, but I don't give a flying fuck He's right not now. listening. Yeah, he's not listening <laughs> at all. But I just need to navigate life. I went into office wearing them for day one where I could not talk, and I kept them in as much as I could and talked like a dumb dumb. In front of everybody. And everybody was so nice about it. I mean, they're like, you fucking have rocks in your mouth. We get it. Yeah. But then for the meetings, I'd pop it out because I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. Like, I have to talk in front of people. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's not, I don't want to say it's embarrassing because people understand, but it's fucking frustrating. It's, yeah. To it's not funny. be able to clearly communicate. Yeah. Anyway, so I was telling Lee, I'm like, man, I can't wait till I get, like, used to talking in them. How long do you think it's going to take? And he was like, I don't know, a couple months. And I'm like, months? Months. It won't take months. I only have four months that I have to wear them for during the day that I care about talking. Like, what are you, months? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just fucking saying random things. I'm like, will I ever talk normally? And he's like, I don't think so. And I'm like, what? You're saying all <laughs> of the wrong so. things. I don't think so. You're fucked. <laughs> yeah. But we were on the phone, so I didn't read his face. But he was not joking. He thought he was giving me, like, his honest answer. Solid like, advice. I don't think that you will ever talk normal. And I'm over here like, please tell me it's just hours away. <laughs> um, I mean, if you wear them consistently, it'll probably take you, like, a week Hmm. To start talking normal, I would think. I have noticed a difference today versus yesterday. You know, like yesterday mm-hmm. I was like real hard to talk to them. And now today I can say like T's and stuff a little better. Mm-hmm. 
I am not wearing them at this moment. Yeah. If you guys can tell. Yeah. I think that the more that you, like, have them off and on, mm-hmm. like, it's going to take longer to get yeah, used yeah, to talking yeah. with them on. Especially if I'm taking them out to do most of my talking. Mm-hmm. When you have things to talk about or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. You have to, like, practice with it or whatever. But also, it is something, like, on your fucking palate in your Dude, mouth. Which it, moves your whole ass tongue. Insane. So, uh, you, I don't think you're ever going to be, like, perfect. Uh, yeah, them, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think so either. But, but even like, with the braces, like you had fluffy Fs. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Like I get, I get good enough that people won't notice it when I talk. Yeah, that's exactly. all I care about. So yeah. I don't, I don't sound like obviously like I have fucking a retainer. Like in. you're going to space camp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god! And then I woke up in the middle of the night last night, and it felt like I had fucking like a uh, airhead or something like mm. in my mouth, like laying on the roof of my mouth. And mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck? Oh yeah. And it kind of like makes me want to gag a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't even have not to brag, but my gag reflexes aren't even that bad like it usually doesn't bother me they're not very sensitive yeah 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 like going to the doctors and stuff when they feel like scrape your throat it's fine i'm not like or anything but these things they're just in your mouth all the time and yeah so uncomfortable and i'm like i don't feel good i want them out yeah it's just they're just annoying yeah hopefully i'll get used to it soon but anyway guys got my chompers whoop whoop Look at you. Ready to rock, bud. Gonna bite all kinds of shit. I'm gonna bite. They feel my teeth hurt so bad from the retainers. Oh, yeah. Because they're still retaining them, I guess. Or maybe my teeth are bruised from them popping off the brackets. Yeah. But that really didn't feel that bad. But like your retainer. I am. Not right now. I've been wearing it this whole time. I've been on top of it. On top of it? On top of it. Okay. I even brought my case into the shed. Stay on top of it. I will. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Good, because I didn't, and my teeth are fucked. Your teeth are still beautiful and perfect. Oh, totally. (laughs) Oh, totally. One time I yawned, and Dylan went, oh, your teeth are fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Snaggle tooth. (laughs) God damn it, Dylan. (laughs) Making me all insecure. (laughs) Aw, man. I never cared about my bottom teeth, and they were the most crooked. It was my two front teeth mm-hmm. that I did not like. Well, that's why, like, I'm not real self-conscious about it because it's my bottom teeth that are yeah. pretty fucked. But, like, if I bit into an apple or something, you'd be like, what is that? <laughs> that's another thing. Speaking of biting into apples, everybody's like, what are you going to eat? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I fucking eat anything. And they're like, well, you can bite into apples now or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I can't, though, because my fucking retainer make my teeth hurt. I couldn't even bite into a piece of garlic bread today. Oh, no. Because your they're teeth so are so sensitive. sensitive. Yeah. But they're like, they feel literally bruised. Oh. Anyway, Erin, on that whole fucking rant, do you want to give me your goddamn? Sure. I think I know what it is. You do. And so does everyone else, pretty much, because of last episode. Oh, how could we not have opened with that? Mm-hmm. Sorry about it, everyone. <laughs> she lives. I am alive. She lives. <laughs> I'm alive. I'm probably a couple pounds lighter. Yeah, she doesn't eat anymore. <laughs> and I don't eat anymore. She had a banana. <laughs> I don't want to keep anything. Uh, it's not that I don't want to keep anything down. <laughs> it's just that my body decided we don't need food to function anymore. Mm-mm, we're done. I'm just going to cut that out. It's going to come out of every orifice. Yeah. All, all that of food. them. Oh, my God, dude. I had the fucking previous episode. Mm-hmm. My baby girl had the stomach bug. And now you all know that I had the stomach bug as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. I was fucking dying mm-hmm. from, what, like 8 p.m. until 4 a.m. or something. 
Ugh. all goddamn night. And then the next day I was just all weak and shaky. I didn't eat for like two days because anything mm. that I did eat, I was like, I'm just nauseous. I don't feel good. I was going like, to throw it up. don't want to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was trying to like, oh, here's a fucking cracker. And my body would be like, fuck your crackers. Mm-hmm. Get that shit out of my mouth. Yeah. Me, my older kid and the husband all got it the same night. And you want to talk about that night? <sighs> I had everyone over at she had everyone over at her house, guys. I had, I had my friends, and I was like, you know what, guys? I was her friends. Me and my whole family were her friends. You guys should come over. Come over. Actually, this was Brandon's idea. He planned it, so I'm going to blame him. Yeah. But come over. It'll be fine. Eat food at my house. It'll be great. Yeah. We did not feel sick at all. Like, everything was fine. <laughs> we had people over. Everything was fine. And then Brandon mysteriously went missing for a while, and I was like, what happened there? And then he was like, mm, I don't feel good. He threw up, and I was like, oh, that sucks. Uh-oh. And then I convinced everyone to stay longer because uh-huh. it was like Brandon's get-together, whatever. They were having a fun guys night thing, and, like, the ladies had also come, right? With the kids, and we were hiding, With like, upstairs, kids. and the guys were downstairs shooting yeah. the shit. Having, yeah. We are having separate parties, but all together, so everybody had a responsible ride home. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So literally all of our families under the same roof. Next to the dude who just vomited mysteriously mm-hmm. after his daughter had a stomach bug. Mysteriously. Mm. And then all the guys were like, all right, I guess this party's over. All of the guys were shifty-eyed, uncomfortable. They came up the stairs. They were shifty-eyed and they were uncomfortable. They looked at each of us, each of us women, and mm-hmm. went, we got to go. We got we to gotta go. Mm-hmm. And then each of us women said, <laughs> after another beer. After another beer. Like, you're like, you tried to, you're like, ah, I convinced everybody you did. You were like, no, don't go, don't go. But we also were like, eh, it'll be fine. Yeah. He's just a little bitch. He's just (laughs) a little bitch. Well, we didn't really say that. But, you know, we're like, ah, no, it's fine. It's just Brandon. Like, we don't need Brandon Brandon to fucking. Sometimes he throws up when he can't burp right, you know? Like, that's his. Is that a thing? I didn't know that, but also. He can't burp. Like, that's, he just can't burp. And so when he does have to burp or whatever, like, he'll try and force himself and he'll end up throwing up. Yep. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, maybe that's just Brandon doing Brandon stuff, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I convinced everyone, like, don't worry about it. He's fine. Hang out still. You guys are more than welcome to hang out. You guys are all my friends, too. And so you guys did. Mm -hmm. And then as Mm -hmm. soon as you guys Mm -hmm. left, Mm -hmm. I was like, and I'm going to go throw up. And then I (laughs) vomitus everywhere. And then my kid was like, and also. (laughs) And I was like, cool. Their whole house within an hour of, of us all leaving. leaving yeah. Vomited. Mm-hmm. Can I just tell you from my perspective, mm-hmm. it went like this. We were leaving and Lee was like, man, that really sucks. It really sucks because Brandon wanted to have a night with mm-hmm. the guys and all the guys are looking forward to it and he didn't feel good. And every I know Lee and I'm sure the other guys felt bad that Brandon was trying to stomach through it. Like, oh, man, like what a trooper. He didn't have to do that. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how we're leaving. Right. Like, oh, man, hope he feels better. What a bummer. And then you're like. I threw up and we're like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> uh oh. I hope it wasn't on my coat. Like, I hope <laughs> I don't get sick. Should yeah. we be concerned? And I'm like, oh, we're getting it. Like, my older son was like running all over that place, fucking mm-hmm. touching everything. He has no self awareness to touch and face, mouth, nose, whatever. Oh, well, the kids were playing together, which means Non-stop. they were like, do you yeah. like this whistle? Put it in your mouth. Now put it in my mouth. Now let's <laughs> yeah. both blow on it together. Yeah. Do you want to cross peace streams? Like, yeah. they're, I feel like our older ones, especially, like our younger ones are calmer and are like, you know, they don't have the ideas. They just go along with the older ones where the older ones have the gross ideas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're like, we're playing spit in your mouth. Yeah. What and do you then, do? Well, you spit in each other's mouth. And the younger ones are like, no. The then they walk away. like, gross. 
my turn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so anyway, I'm like, okay, the older one was all over the fucking place. And I was literally eating homemade guacamole mm-hmm. from you guys. Bomb. Which was delicious as fuck. But suddenly I'm like, yeah, it's for sure got vomit in it or something. Like, I, I'm going to go down. Mm-hmm. And then when it you were like. It has breathed on. Mm-hmm. And then when you were like, your son also vomited. I just looked at Lee and I was like, we're taking time bombs. Get ready. Get mm-hmm. ready. Get ready. But also there's this little grain of doubt in your brain where you're like. Maybe I won't. I won't get it. Maybe that's what I already had. Mm-hmm. Like, my kid vomited a couple weeks ago. I had ago. COVID back in 2015. Yeah. Like, my kid <laughs> vomited a few weeks ago. Maybe we accidentally gave it to you. Like, yeah. And it's just, like, late, you know? Yeah. And I have an amazing immune system and I didn't catch it. That's a fucking lie. We all caught it, too. So, like, oh, Anne's yeah. house died. Yeah. And then the next day it was like, oh, Stacy threw up. <laughs> oh, your son threw up. Uh-huh. Oh, Lee's feeling nauseous. Mm-hmm. Tiff was like, I don't feel so very good. And Uh-oh. she's like, when does the throw up pass? And I was like, fuck, she got it. And she's yep. like, Kevin got it. Like, all literally, as Everyone. it was happening, I was like a fucking live reporter to Brandon. Like, <laughs> yeah. Kevin went down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were doing captain logs and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. my God. Oh, man, I fucking felt so bad. Crossing us all off the list. Uh-huh. Lee, for the record, just to sum this up, because I don't think I've had a chance to really tell you. I think Lee and my younger one did get it. Lee was nauseous and he slept for a while and it went away, but he had the fucking runs forever, just mm-hmm. so everybody's fully aware. And I'm sure he really appreciate me sharing that with everybody. And mm-hmm. then now my youngest one, yesterday and today, shit pocalypse, like the runniest shit. <laughs> and he's in diapers. So it fucking explodes everywhere. Mm-hmm. I have had to clean shit off of carpet so much. So I'm not even done with it. Yeah. I had to have the kids home for two days because we're trying to make sure that we're not going to go spread it to daycare. Yeah. So we stay. Well, day one, I was out like I had to miss Monday because I was fucking actively dying in bed. I couldn't parent. I couldn't do anything. I was actually pretty pissed because it happened to me on Saturday night. Yeah, that's stupid. And then all of Sunday, I like, quote unquote, recovered. So Monday I was just weak as fuck, but like still went to work. Yeah. Man, I can't call in like, hey, I had a stomach bug a couple Two of days, days ago, ago and I'm <laughs> yeah. just tired. Like, uh, but then yesterday, actually, it made a fucking round two in our house. Did it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Brandon threw up again. Oh, my God. Why are you in my goddamn shed? Well, you already got it. You have so much immunities or something. What, what if I get, throw up? I don't want to throw up again. If I have to do round two, you're doing it, too. No. Uh, I, I went off of this ride. <laughs> I am such a little bitch when I do it comes to feeling consent. nauseous. Yeah. Such a little bitch. Well, like, yesterday, yeah. I woke up, and I don't know what the fuck it was, but, Uh-oh. like, my eyes, I couldn't open my eyes. <laughs> and then I like finally did and I was super fucking groggy and I went and looked in a mirror and my eyes were completely bloodshot. My pupils were fucking enormous. Like oh my, my pupils are always big, but they were huge and they were different sizes and oh. I couldn't focus on anything. What the fuck? Like, oh, let's look at the bed or whatever. Like I couldn't focus. It was fucked up. That's and creepy. So I had to call out of work yesterday because I was like, I'm not doing this shit. Like, oh. Right the fuck back to bed. Yeah. I helped Brandon get the kids into the car to like send them off to daycare and then I went back to sleep and then a couple hours later Brandon brought lunch home I ate lunch and then I went back to sleep and then slept until the kids came home I slept all fucking did your day. pupils go back to normal yeah they're pretty normal now that seems like neurological shit yeah I jumped on Brandon he was on the phone on speakerphone like with CVS or something so it was like an automated thing and I was like yo my pupils are fucked up like look at my pupils there's something wrong then he immediately got mad and was like, I'm trying to do something. And I was like, I might be having I might a be, medical emergency. I might be right dying now. right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah medical like, emergency. Help. I don't feel good. I'm just going to lay down, I guess. I can't see. I'm so tired. Yeah. 
He was trying to find out what time CVS's pharmacy opened. Oh, I guess like nine o'clock. <laughs> well, he didn't figure it out because I interrupted him and then the kid interrupted him and then someone else interrupted him. And then I was like, hey, I called out of work. Like, I could probably still take the kids, but like, I don't really think I should drive. And he was like, no, I'll do it. And I'm going to go stop by CVS's pharmacy. And I was like, oh, really? I didn't know what time they opened. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking I was really funny. <laughs> He's like, I fucking hate you. He was so mad. <laughs> oh my god and i still laugh about that that's a solid joke <laughs> it's a solid joke it's a good one it's a good one anyway that's enough about that yeah so what do you guys want to do i want to hear murder <laughs> <laughs> you got, got it got him you got it well you this got week it, babe. i got a doozy Ooh, a doozy mm-hmm. i'm gonna tell you about Ooh, tell me dixie lynn Shanahana. <laughs> oh, what? I'm pretty sure it's just Shannon. <laughs> Dixie Lynn Shannon. But it's S-H-A-N. Shan? Uh-huh. A-H. Huh? Shanna? A-N. Shanahan. 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 Okay, yeah. That's Shanahan. Easy. That's actually very easy. Why am I like Shanahan? I don't know. <laughs> it sounds um like Irish or something. Shanahan? It does when you say it. Okay, so Dixie Lynn Shanahan is who I'm going to talk about this week. Okay, well, Dixie Lynn, she sounds like she's from the South. She from the South. She's from Iowa. That's not South. Mm -mm. Okay, so in 1995, Dixie Lynn Shanahan was 28 years old and was living with her husband, Scott Shanahan, in Defiance, Iowa. Defiance, Iowa. Okay. I have a feeling that's the name of a city where people are going to be like, it's actually, it was so funny to listen to you say Defiance. Because, because it's Defiance. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, I'm an idiot. God. It's like French or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Who knew? Who fucking knew? So anyway, if you live in Defiance, Iowa, we all know it's really called Defiance. If it's not, if you think it's not, it is. Yeah. Gina. Uh, I was just going <laughs> to say that. We all know your name is Gina. We all know your name is Gina. <laughs> You can stop trying. (laughs) Okay, so the home that they lived in was actually Scott's parents' home Mm -hmm. that he had inherited when they both passed away. Oh, I almost said lucky, and then I was like, (laughs) ooh, I just spat everywhere. (laughs) It's actually really unfortunate circumstances. (laughs) It's actually, uh (laughs) uh-oh. Cool. We we need to embrace Was it tragic or? Traction. All right. So the couple had moved into Scott's parents' home when they had first got together at the age of 14, Dixie, and 19, Scott. So there's a little God bit of an damn. age gap. Yeah. But it's when... only inappropriate because she's underage. Yeah, exactly. And now listen, though. So at 14, she moved into Scott's parents' home and was like living with them. Yeah. 14 is what? Freshman? Yeah. 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 So it turns out that. Dixie had kind of a troubled life at home. Oh, you don't say. Oh, I'm saying. And her stepfather, his name was Frank Street, he would regularly sexually abuse her. Okay, I would have moved too. Exactly. So when she was a teenager, her mom eventually left her stepfather. Oh, good. And Dixie didn't want to leave town with her mom because she was dating Scott. And Mm. so she chose to move in with Scott. Okay, okay. So they were like extenuating circumstances. It wasn't just like, Mm -hmm. anyway, deuces, mom and dad. I live here now. It was like, I need to get the fuck out of this house. Exactly. And also mom was moving. Yeah, and she didn't want to leave her boyfriend. And so she moved in with him. So now in 1995, the couple married. And shortly thereafter, I don't know how old they were when they married. I didn't want to do the math. 
I think she was born in like 67 or something. Was that like almost 30, 28, something like that? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so they were together for a long time before they got married. Mm -hmm. They fucking grew up together, basically, right? Yeah. So in 1995, the couple get married, and shortly thereafter, Scott's parents end up passing away, and that's when they take ownership of the home officially. Okay. So I'm kind of trying to tell you the backstory before leading up to this point, right? Okay. So when she was 14, his parents still lived there. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. They lived there for a significant amount of time. They lived with his parents, and then eventually the parents died. Okay. Yeah. I think that was a really weird way to start off the story, because the story I'm telling you, I literally said that she's 28 years old at the beginning of the story. You did. And I tried to do the math myself, and I fucking crushed it, by the way. Did you did. Did say 28. Did say 28. <laughs> Again, we're all journeying on this together. Sorry, guys. We're gonna, it's about the journey. We're going to get there. It's exactly, fine. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so now the parents have passed away. They own the home. The couple had two children together, mm-hmm. a boy, Zachary, and a girl named Ashley. Mm-hmm. Turns out that Scott and Dixie really didn't have a great relationship mm-hmm. because Scott was pretty abusive towards Dixie, like their entire relationship, not only mentally, but physically as well. Oh, that sucks. That's really shitty. So she was leaving her abusive stepfather who was sexually abusing her to go live with her abusive boyfriend. I don't know if he was sexually abusing her. But he for sure was, like, beating on her and, like, talking poorly to her. Ew. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. What a shitty guy. I know. And so, like, that's how she was raised. That's how she thinks is, like, a normal relationship or, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right? That's her standard. Mm Mm-hmm. The neighbors and those who knew the couple were aware of the abuse. Well, that's pretty shitty. Yeah, so sad. They characterized Scott as a spoiled brat who was used to living his life, like, how he wanted to. And getting his way. Like, that's how other people describe Scott. Like, it was very obvious to the outside world that she was being abused. He was kind of an asshole. And that was just Scott. Oh, God. I know. First of all, what a shitty way to be known. Like, <laughs> I want to be known as a spoiled brat or whatever. Right? That's his fault, though, man. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Ugh. Also, it's kind of sad that, like, it's just like, mm, That's him. There goes Dixie. All beat up again. Whatever. Like, yeah. So Dixie would often get black eyes and bruises from his abuse. Oh, my God. And like I said, everyone was aware of it because there's, like, no good way of covering up that much abuse. Yeah. Because of this, the law was called on several occasions to their household. The law. The law says you cannot touch. And he is a lawbreaker. Yes, he was a lawbreaker. Now... On a few of those occasions, Dixie would end up calling 911 because he'd be going so crazy and she'd be afraid and fear for her life. So she'd call 911 and then somebody always came to like her rescue. Right. Yeah. But on another occasion that I read, though, the neighbor ended up actually calling the cops because they went to go talk to Dixie or knock on the door or something and she didn't answer. And they knew that he was abusive towards her and that it was not like her to not answer the door at this time or whatever. And so she immediately called the cops. The cops came and they broke down the door to do like a welfare check. And the whole family was in the house and... I think in this scenario, it could have been another scenario. Like, I could be mixing two up. But Dixie was bound with barbed wire. Oh, fuck that. Right? Right? Like, being held captive literally by her husband. Bro. Yeah. So... On each of these occasions, Scott would get some form of punishment, like he'd spend four months in jail or would get a $1,000 fine or whatever. But every time, too, 
Dixie would follow up and ask for leniency on Scott. Like she, in some cases, she wouldn't press charges or she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's the nature of an abusive relationship. Yeah. She thinks she can fix him. She thinks she loves him. She thinks that's what's normal and that's what love is. I get that. It's just really sad. I know. And then on three separate occasions, Dixie got enough courage to get up and move out of the house and leave Scott. Oh, shit. And each time he found her and literally dragged her back home, like would pull her by her hair and shit, literally kidnap her and be like, nope, you're my wife. Come back home. Fuck that. And then she caveman. I know. And then she wouldn't like run away. She would stay because this is what she thinks is normal or like acceptable behavior. Oh, my God. That's scary. It's fucking terrifying. So. This goes on for years, right? Mm -hmm. Then in 2002, Dixie finds out that she's pregnant with a third child. Uh Uh-oh. I should mention at this time that Dixie is a certified nurse assistant, and she is the one doing the breadwinning. She's going out and doing the working, Mm -hmm. and Scott stays at home, and he basically is living off of his parents' inheritance, which is, I don't know, $100,000 or something. Mm -hmm. And they're living minimally— Or whatever. But they're making do with whatever. And she's the one doing all the fucking work, basically. Okay. So he kind of sounds like a piece of shit. You can't drag me back then. Yeah, like, what the fuck am I coming back to? He basically probably needs her. Yeah, exactly. I had read, too, that he had one time threw a plate of potatoes at her or the kid or something like that. Because he didn't like the way that the potatoes were cooked. And I was like... Well, he is Irish. I didn't even put that together. But in my head, I'm like, put some fucking salt on the potatoes. They're potatoes. They're delicious any way you make them. Yeah, as long as they are cooked. Yeah. Even in some cases when they are not. I eat raw potatoes all the time. I know. It's because you're fucking have an iron deficiency or something. I don't know. I'm (laughs) weird. But who the fuck throws a plate of potatoes, dude? Well, who throws anything when you don't like it? Yeah, well, he sounds like... A little brat. A toddler, yeah. Exactly. As the people described him. Mm-hmm. But you don't mess with an Irish man's potatoes. I guess. Listen, I didn't even consider that scenario, all right? He was like, this is a disgrace to my homeland. <laughs> In the face. <laughs> also, a hot plate of potatoes. Was it mashed? That shit will burn you. I don't know. I just remember. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it was like, he was an asshole. He threw a plate of potatoes. Didn't give me much detail. Whole ass plate? Was it like a big potato? It was like potato? a pot of it. Oh, What did he throw? I need more details. I need to know. So, okay. So he gets so mad he throws a plate of potatoes, whatever. Um, So mad I'm going to throw his plate of potatoes. (laughs) You're not even going to believe what I'm going to (laughs) do. You see his plate of potatoes? Right in your face. Not anymore. What what would you do? Remember when they put the pie in their face? Anyway. (laughs) So now Dixie's the breadwinner. Right? Yeah. Uh, They have two kids already. She finds out she's pregnant with a third. Mm -mm. Scott's fucking pissed because he's like. Well, then he shouldn't have fucking put his dick where it don't belong. Preach. Preach. Mm -hmm. She probably didn't even want it. Gators bitches always be better wearing jimmies. That's right. (laughs) Is that from Idiocracy? (laughs) Like, what is that from? (laughs) It's from, I don't know what movie it is. It's Mark Wahlberg and I almost said Willie Nelson. Oh, no. Will Ferrell. Gators bitches better be wearing jimmies. What is that from? Good guys? Mark Wahlberg shot Derek Jeter. Someone out there knows. (laughs) I'm glad someone does. Okay. Okay, so she finds out she's pregnant. It's the year 2002, and Scott is pissed because they don't really have the finances for a third child, and also it was unplanned, Mm -hmm. right? Again, Mm -hmm. like we said, fuck you, Scott. 
Yeah, fuck it, you, Scott. Yeah, it's your fucking little swimmers. So she tells them they get in a huge fucking blowout argument, whatever. It doesn't go well. He wants her to ab- abort the baby. She's like, fuck that shit. This is my baby, my body, not aborting it. All right. Okay. Now, it's around that time frame that people start to notice that Scott all of a sudden went missing. <gasps> because some men cannot hold their arsenic. I'm just kidding about that. But like, no, really, the neighbors are like, hey, what happened to Scott? And so they would ask Dixie, what the fuck happened to Scott? Like, where's Scott? What's yeah, going on? And where she he at, though? Yeah, where he at, though? And she would be like, oh, well, it turns out I'm fucking pregnant again. And he got really upset and he wanted me to abort the baby. I said no. And so he left the family like he packed his shit and he hit the road and he doesn't want to be a part of the shit anymore. Also, it's my house now that his parents used to live in. Don't mind the change in the locks yeah Yeah. exactly okay so we all know where this is going do we no but i'm assuming Mm -hmm. if it's going where i'm assuming that it's going yeah i don't want to say i'm not that mad Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah but like he had it coming he He had had it coming he had a con, only self to blame there you go yeah he (laughs) only had himself to blame if you'd have been there if you'd have seen it, I bet you you would have done the same. Pop six squish. <laughs> Cicero. Lip shits. Exactly. I might really love that movie. <laughs> For anyone who hasn't seen Chicago. That was another rendition. Now you have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, exactly. So, I mean, you know, neighbors are probably like, Scott's gone. Good for her. I mean, no one's going to miss him. Except for maybe the kids, because that's kind of fucked up. That's our fucking dad, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, but people notice that he's missing, but nobody really digs or anything, and they're just like, okay, cool, whatever. Like, good for Dixie. She got out of that abusive relationship, and I wouldn't want to fucking abort my baby either. I get it. Totally got it, right? Yeah, for sure. So she seems happy as can be over the next few months, months. after Scott leaves. Months after Scott leaves. She's living her fucking life. Like, hell like yeah. keep saying leaves. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's living her best life. She's living like, her best life. I don't need to answer to no man. Mm-hmm. I'm the breadwinner anyway. Don't need exactly. I don't need you. Okay, drop that dead weight, bro. Yeah, bro. Now she eventually gives birth to her third child, and she meets a new man. Oh, okay. A man by the name of Jeffrey Duty, <laughs> who lives in Ida Grove, Iowa. Ida Grove. Ida Grove. Now the couple fall in love. And they eventually move in or something. And they definitely end up getting married at some point. But that's jumping ahead. But just so you know, Jeff is going to stick around for a while, right? Okay. He is in Dixie's life. Okay. Then on July 21st, 2003, someone who knew Scott called the police after they had noticed that he had been missing for a long, long time, which was like a couple of months, several Mm -hmm. months, like almost a year, probably over a year. I didn't do the fucking math, but he's been missing for enough time. Really, no one fucking missed him. No one really missed him. Everyone was like, whatever happened to Scott? And they're like, well, you know, he stopped coming around and I'm not that concerned. I really don't. Yeah, he's kind of a brat. If he didn't have a job, I mean, that's not that. Well, that's probably why it took so long and his parents were dead. Like, you know, listen. Yeah. If he can fucking disappear, nobody's going to notice. He yeah. Leave. You just, how freeing must that be? To be able to disappear? To just like leave. No responsibility. I mean, he had a family. He had his kids, but he sounded like an asshole, didn't care. So mm-hmm. he could just be like, I'm not going to live here anymore. Anyway, bye. Take my inheritance and deuces. Yeah. You can have the house. Sounds very like freeing and something that I could not do. 
Mentally. would never be able to do because you're a decent human being and you mm-hmm. love your family and your children. But also, man. Yeah. No one holding you back, huh? Yeah. That sounds nice. All right. So somebody calls the police and they're like, hey, man, like, I'm sure everything's OK, but can you just check on Scott? Because, I used to know this guy. Yeah. And he's not around anymore. And I haven't seen him ever come back and check on his kids or anything like that. So I wonder who called. I don't know. Maybe Scott had one fucking kind of friend. Mm-hmm. That it took a year for the friend to be like, you know, I wonder what ever happened to Scott. He usually comes by on New Year's. <laughs> exactly. So now the sheriff is like, hell yeah, I'll go look around. We'll figure out where the fuck Scott is. Yeah. And so he asks around and it seems that on some accounts, several people who knew Scott had reason to believe that Scott had moved to Atlantic, Iowa. Okay. So he tries to locate him there, the sheriff. But is unsuccessful. So he went to go have a chat with Dixie because he's like, dude, all right, the only place we got is Atlantic. Can you give me any other details like what happened on the day he left? Yeah. So he shows up at Dixie's house. Probably should have been the first stop, but that's all right. Probably. Probably. It sounds like he's like, let me just do some desk work before I hit the beat, you know? I'm going to get this whole thing figured out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And so he goes to Dixie's house and the pair have a discussion on the sidewalk outside of Dixie's home, Scott's parents' home, right? Mm -hmm. And when he asks about Scott's whereabouts, Dixie said that Scott had left her back in August of 2002 because she had found out that she was pregnant with an unplanned third pregnancy and was furious and left her, right? Didn't Mm -hmm. want her to have the baby. She was like, fuck yeah, I can have the baby. And so he, he bounces, right? Gives them that whole story. Yeah. So she said that she believed that he was living in Atlantic, but the last time that she had actually heard from him was back in February of 2003 when he had called in regards to the birth of their third child. So she had given birth to the girl and Scott had called her. Okay. And that's the last she's heard from him. Mm Mm-hmm. She also stated that she would get random calls where the person would immediately hang up when she would answer. And mm. she suspected that that was Scott checking in on her, mm-hmm. like seeing, does she still live here? Is this still the phone number? Kind of keeping tabs on her. Is she home? That kind of shit. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Mm-mm. Fucking creepy, dude. Don't mm-hmm. be doing that shit. Mm-mm. When the sheriff asked how she was making the house payments and everything, because like, I guess she had the job, but it was a lot of money. Like, they couldn't, they were barely making ends meet with her working and his inheritance. Mm-hmm. But now it's just her paycheck, right? So they're like, how are you making, like, the house payments and shit? And she said that her sister, who lived in Texas, was covering the payments for her. Like, she had help from her, maybe not covering the payments, but her sister from Texas was helping, right? Okay. Now, the neighbors had mentioned that they had noticed that shortly after Scott disappeared, Dixie had sold all of his tools and vehicles. Mm-hmm. One of the vehicle tools or whatever was a tractor, and a neighbor had bought it from mm. Dixie. Okay. When he, That's expensive. That's expensive. When he had bought it, he was thinking, man, Scott's going to be, like, really pissed when he gets back because he, like, you know, it's a nice fucking tractor. Yeah, he's and like, Dixie's this shit's mine now. I'm not yeah, going to get it back. exactly. So he had told Dixie, like, man, if Scott ever comes back and wants his tractor and his shit, like, let me know and I'll give it back to him. Like, well, he can give me my money back and I'll give him the tractor. Yeah, we'll work some shit out. Yeah, exactly. And Dixie was like, oh, Scott's never coming back. Like, just brush it off. So the sheriff, yeah. So the sheriff asked Dixie if she had sold Scott's stuff shortly after he left, and she was like, "What? Me? No. <gasps> uh oh. Mm. You can't be shady. Mm-mm. You have to be like, yeah, I was pissed at him. Fuck that guy. Yeah. He left our family. Mm-hmm. Nope. But she denies it. But 
the sheriff has like the neighbors literally has got Scott's fucking tractor. Exhibit like, A. Yeah, I bought this. <laughs> this I tractor steal it. used to be over there. Now it's over here because <laughs> I bought it. I handed her some bills and then we shifted it into my yard. But originally Scott had bought it. <laughs> the sheriff also asks her about her new love interest, Jeff, right? Mm-hmm. And she fully and openly admits that, yes, her and Jeff are in a romantic relationship Yes. It's been a fucking minute now. Like It's been a year, so yeah. she's not being shady about that or anything, yeah. if there is something to be shady about. But she's like, yeah, I'm in a new relationship. He doesn't treat me poorly. Yeah, he doesn't even drag me back by the hair when I try to leave. <laughs> right? Like, he's actually nice to me. Yeah. The sheriff makes note of the interview and then goes on his merry little way to continue to look for Scott. He's like, okay, Scott's not here. Mm-hmm. The encounter, however, really shakes up Dixie. Mm-hmm. And a few days later, she goes to the local police station to ask if they have found Scott, like if they're still looking for Scott. Mm-hmm. And they were like, nope, haven't found him. And she was like, so like, are you looking at me for any like nefarious activities? Like, do you think I have something to do with Scott being missing? And the sheriff is like, no, we're just looking for Scott. Like, we are not suspecting you of anything. We didn't even think he was missing. And she was like, okay, cool. And then she leaves. Just checking. Thanks, bye. <laughs> Flink away. Ah, <laughs> uh, cool, 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 cool. Bye. Cool. Great, great. Okay, well, um. Because you I don't have keys to. in the car. Because <laughs> I, I was going to tell you. Don't like, look at me. It's not anything that I may have Mm-mm. done. No, 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 no. Yeah, not over here. Uh, oh, I have no idea where he's at. No. Mm-mm. Wow. Okay. Not smart. That's not smart. No! Ah, oh, God, I'm like, dude, Dixie, come on, man. Fucking back out of the investigation. Exactly. And so at this time when she's talking to the sheriff, she's like, hey, guess what? There is someone that I know that claims to have seen Scott a few months ago and gives a name of the person. Mm-hmm. So the police are like, cool, thanks for the lead. And they start to look into Scott's activities since the time that he had gone missing. Because they're kind of like, that's weird, right? And they probably were already looking at her. Yeah, Because yeah. they're not going to tell her, of like, course. yeah, you're a prime fucking suspect or anything. Yeah. But obviously they're like, okay, fucking check into his whereabouts because now maybe something bad has happened to Scott. Before, we're just thinking he's somewhere and doesn't want to be found. Yeah. Or, like, left his family and we're this is just a welfare check. But now she's being a little shady. And now they're like, okay, something bad happened to Scott. Yeah. So they start to look into his activities since the time he had gone and they noticed that his social security card and shit hadn't been used anywhere. You and there were a social n- security card? Well, like, I guess number. Like rent or I something? meant number. Yeah, your social security number. Let me swipe this. <laughs> Sorry. Like, he hadn't gotten a new job anywhere. He hadn't registered I see. as a fucking yeah. DMV. Okay. Nothing like that. Yeah, got it. And there were no credible sightings of him either from, like, anybody. Nobody can solidly say, yes, I saw him in this month, this time. This is what we did. Mm. He's literally been missing mm-hmm. for a year. As they look at his bank accounts, the money he had inherited from his parents, passing, had almost been fully withdrawn. Even since he had been missing, his bank had withdrawal slips with his signature on it, like taking money out. But it was clear that it wasn't his signature. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Can't do that. Can't do that. And there were also accounts of Dixie reaching out to, like, the mortgage company and saying, like, hey, add my wife Dixie to the mortgage so that she can make the payments and stuff. So, like, she's 
lining all of this stuff up. She's pretending to be Scott and like pull money out of his accounts. That's what they're starting to uncover here, right? Yeah. Additionally, a local meter reader claimed that he had noticed that one of the bedroom windows to Dixie's home was left open all winter long, which seemed kind of odd. Mm hmm. And, like, a little just different. So it was suspicious enough for him to mention it to the cops. Like, hey, just so you know, like, her window was open all winter long. That doesn't seem right, right? Okay. It's good that that person noticed. Noted that and Mm -hmm. then reported that. But I feel like I would not have done that. I'm guessing that Defiance is a smaller town. Mm -hmm. And maybe everybody knows everybody. Mm -hmm. And then this home dude is like, that's weird. And then finds out like months later that her husband is missing and he's like, Exhibit A, I was washing this bowl. I mean, I guess if you're a meter reader too, you may be reading the meters of whatever, like gas or something to like heat the house or whatever. Yeah. And you might be like, that's a dumb idea. Yeah. Like, uh, bitch, you're using so much heat because of leaving you're... this goddamn window open. Yeah. Dumb. Maybe. That actually makes a lot of sense. So now this sheriff is obviously suspecting Dixie of some mm-hmm. wrongdoing and his disappearance. And the more and more that he, like, starts to investigate, he's like, for fucking sure, we need to go talk to her again. Yeah. So they get a search warrant on Dixie's home okay. because they're like, maybe we can find some evidence of foul play. Maybe there's, like, blood splatter evidence on the fucking ceiling or some shit. Like, something to tell us what happened to Scott. Maybe he's still in the back bedroom. Maybe. Maybe we just need to go check on him. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's just hanging out there. Maybe he's bound up with barbed wire. Ooh, got him. Got him. So the cops show up to Dixie's house, and she obviously lets them in. And as they search, they discover that there was a location in the hall that was basically stacked up with crap, like your junk pile, like toys, folding chairs, a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, kind of out of place, but, like, wow, it's a messy home. Mm-hmm. And the police start to, like, dismantle the pile, and they notice that there's a bedroom door behind it. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And at the base of the door, they find a rolled-up bath towel covering the bottom seam, along with two air fresheners. So, literally, he's still in the house. He's just in that back bedroom. Scott's in the house. What the fuck, man? You've had so long. You had a tractor. I'm disappointed. (laughs) Okay, so as the police open the door to the bedroom, their eyes are immediately drawn to the bed where there's a lump in it. Stop it. They pull back the blanket of the bed and they find the partially mummified and partially skeletized human remains of Scott. And he's laying on his right side slash stomach, kind of. Okay. He was only in his underwear, and there was a TV remote control that was laying next to his left foot on the bed. Uh Uh-huh. His body was laying with a pillow under its head, a pillow between its legs, and a pillow tucked under its left arm. Comfy. Uh, Super comfy. And I just wanted to give a short little shout out here for everybody who's a caregiver. They're all like, I know that position. That's like a very common position for you to turn your your patients in. Like, I don't remember what it's called. It's like left laying Sims position. But you take pillows and you put it between their knees so Mm -hmm. that you don't create a pressure point so they don't create ulcers, skin ulcers. You do the same with their arms. I used to do it all the time when I was a CNA. So, like I said, Dixie was a CNA. Yeah, But why would he have been in a position where he needed care? I'm pretty sure she prepped him after said murder. Oh, my God. How did he die? Well, I'll tell you. Okay. It was later determined that Scott had died from a gunshot wound to the back of the head. The gun used to kill him was later found in one of the children's closets. It was a shotgun. Well, 
listen. Yeah. You could have left that in the fucking mummy room. Right. <laughs> the mummy room. Well, like, uh, let's just seal this shit up. Right? right? Like, Well, maybe she was like, I might need that later. Okay, but you have, like, Exhibit A. You might as well put the murder weapon in there, too. Just keep it all together in a tidy little pile. Yeah, if you're going to keep all the evidence, <laughs> I can keep it all together. You had a tractor, bro. Okay, clearly, let me just jump in here because this is my personal opinion. But clearly, she has suffered a ton of abuse, mental and physical. And so I'm guessing... No one is discounting her abuse. I'm guessing this is inhibiting her ability to logically plan, function, solve the issue that occurred. Okay? Let me tell the rest of the story. Let me tell the rest of the story. Okay? So she was like, BAM! And then we're just going to tuck a fucking pillow between your knees. I literally, I think, I'm not a psychologist at all, but I think it was legit a mental break. Like, she was like, whoa. And then just like shut the door and was like, that didn't happen. For a year? Yeah. 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 Like, I, I don't know, man. I don't, I get it and I don't get it. Yeah, I could be wrong. I could be very wrong. Like, this is obviously my opinion. Also, were the kids just like, Oh, I'm going to tell you all of that shit. Okay, 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 okay. 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 So the gun was in the kid's closet. Yeah. Da, da, da. And they were like, oh, yeah, mom used that to fucking kill oh, dad. Yeah, to kill dad. That's what. That's why we don't go to the mummy room. Yeah. We obviously. Because it smells like fucking dead death. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, the police are like, hey, Dixie, what the fuck? Right? Yeah. And she was, was like. Was she just behind them? Like. Oh. No, she was at a friend's house. Like, they take them out while you do the search warrant, you know? Okay. And so she went to a friend's house. She didn't she dip? Stick around. She wasn't like, later. No, I'm pretty sure they keep da- tabs on you. Dabs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty sure they keep like, tabs on you. Mm, they're about to find a mummy in my house. Mm, I'm going to run away. She told police that the morning she shot and killed Scott, mm-hmm. it was August 30th, 2002, and she had woken up around 6.30 a.m. and was making breakfast, and mm-hmm. she asked her son, Zachary, to go wake up his dad for breakfast. When Zachary went to do so, Scott said he wanted to keep sleeping, and Zachary ate breakfast and then left for school. Like, he was like, get out of here, I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. When Scott did wake up, he was furious with Dixie for letting Zachary leave for school without first waking Scott. I don't know why. Like, I don't know if Scott was like, man, I didn't get to say goodbye. Or if Scott was just fucking crazy and needed to know everything that was going on in the house. But I mean, he did wake him up, though. I know. That's why it's so fucking stupid. Like, you're welcome. Yeah. But he was pissy about that. Scott was so mad that he pulled Dixie by the hair and then punched her in the stomach. Uh Uh-oh, she pregnant. She's pregnant with a third baby, right? And he wants her to have the abortion. (sighs) And so he's beating on her stomach. What an asshole. And evidently, the days leading up to this night, Scott would beat up on her and say shit like, I'm going to make sure you don't give birth to this baby. Like, you're not going to have this fucking baby. I'm going to make sure of it. That kind of shit. Ew. So, like, he would aim for her stomach regularly. Oh, my God. I feel God. like I should have put, like, a giant trigger warning on all of this. Yeah. He continued to batter her around the same the day that he dies, right? Okay, so I'm jumping back to that. He continues to batter her around and telling her that he's going to kill the baby and all that crazy ass shit. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Dixie is able to somehow get away from him and send her daughter, her younger daughter, Ashley, which, by the way, I think was only like, I don't know, like a toddler, three or four or something, but gets gets her out of the house and says, like, go down the street and go play with your friend. Oh, my God. Dad's being fucking crazy, right? Yeah. Like, he's 
gonna hurt her really bad and so she's like get out of the house oh my god that's so sad it's so sad and dixie's like i gotta get the fuck out of the house too and so she grabs the keys and tries to leave but as soon as she gets outside scott grabs her by the hair and drags her back inside the house and the whole time he's talking about like how he's gonna kill the baby and there's nothing she could do about it right like it's well there is there's one thing (laughs) there's one thing and she might do it so after he drags her inside the house he Leaves her laying and crying on the floor. He's like roughing her up, right? Leaves her laying and crying on the floor. And then he goes into the other room and he grabs the gun. (sighs) He loads the shotgun with two shells and points it at her. And he's like shaking. He's so furious with her at this point. And he says, quote, this day is not over yet. I will kill you. Jesus. He then ripped all of the telephones from the wall. He, like, doesn't shoot her. He's just, like, fucking with her, right? He then rips all the telephones from the wall so that Dixie can't call 911 like she had in the past. Mm -hmm. And then he takes the phones with him into his bedroom, and he goes and he lays down. Like, he's, like, taunting her at this point? I don't fucking know. Like, I'm just Mm going to take a fucking nap real quick. (laughs) Yeah, like, that's exhausting. Yeah. He just had a whole, like, adrenaline boost. I just ripped all the phones out of the wall. I'm going to go take a nap. (laughs) Wow. That was a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Dixie believed that the phone in the bedroom was still plugged in because he didn't rage in the bedroom. Uh And so she went into the bedroom to go get it. And when she opens the door, Scott was laying on his side but awake in the bed. Uh I don't know if she had waited a while and then was like, I'm going to go sneak in there and try to get the phone so I can get help. I would just go out the front probably. Um, It's interesting that you say that. Because that does lead some questions to her account of what happened that day. Mm-hmm. So now she goes in there. Scott's laying on his side. And the gun is laying right next to the telephone on the bedside table area, right? Mm-hmm. When Scott sees her, he reaches for the gun. But she lunges and grabs the gun first, closes her eyes, and pulls the trigger and fatally shoots Scott. In the back of the head. In the back of the head. Mm-hmm. 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 And she said it was either her life or his. Hmm. She then sat the gun down and walked out of the room and sat in a chair for a few hours. This is why I'm like, I think this chick had a fucking mental break. Because nobody lives with somebody in their house for a year and is just like, we're just going to close that door and not talk about that ever again. Like, that is some psychological damage shit going on there. It's very psychological damage shit, but, like, people have done that before. Like, wasn't that? Yeah, but, like, something is wrong. Fair. Yeah, fair. Like, I'm just thinking, like, I don't think um, maybe she I don't think she was capable enough to be like, okay, let's get rid of the body. Like how we're like, damn, that was a dumb idea. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know, though. There's got to be a point when you like snap out of it, though. Like maybe when you start to fall in love with someone else. Also, I wonder if, you know, in some way she really loved Scott. Like they were together forever. Didn't bury him. Yeah, but then if she's like, he, but he's closer this way, and he also she was doesn't abusive. doesn't go in the room. I know. I'm just saying, I don't think there's much logic that you can apply here because we're not the ones being abused. <laughs> like, she probably was Again, still... I'm not discounting her abuse. I'm just saying she needed a better plan. That was not a good plan. No, it's a terrible plan. The after part. Terrible Terrible plan. It I think worked. We can all agree it to was a, a certain extent. Kind of did work for like a year, that which is crazy. It worked for a long time, which is surprising, and that's what makes me like even more disappointed that you had so much time to like bury come up him. with a plan. <laughs> yeah, bury him yeah. to do something to come up with anything to be like, you know what? That was a wild fucking weekend. 
I'm going to get over that now and go bury him. I'm going to do something about that next weekend. I still, I mean, she was 14. She was being abused even, like, in her younger years. I still think that she just doesn't realize that she had the power to be able to do that. Maybe. Oh, that's a good point. She's just like, I don't fucking know. Somebody's always telling me what to do. I'm just going to close that fucking door. Like, we don't go in there. We don't talk about Bruno. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) All right, but she sets the gun down, walks out of the room, sits in a chair for a few hours. Okay, yeah. She said that she was very upset, obviously, and after a while, she went into the room and grabbed the phone and the gun, and then she shut the bedroom door and rolled up a towel at the bottom and, like, shoved it at the bottom of the door because she was afraid that he would start to smell. Immediately? Like, she did not have—well, I mean, it was hours later, same day, but, like, hours later— But, like, she was not planning to bury him. She was just like, we're going to close this door, and I don't want him to smell. I don't know what to do. Like, we're just going to do this. See, that to me shows enough, like, foresight, though. Like, you know what's about to happen. He's going to decompose and smell. So you prevent the smelling part, but, like, I don't know. That bothers me. (laughs) I don't fucking like it. I don't like it. Well, you shouldn't shouldn't like somebody living with a dead body for a year. That makes sense. (laughs) I mean, it's not how I would choose to live. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but to each their own. <laughs> so when she would have guests over and... Oh, my God. She had people in the house. <laughs> yeah. She was fucking courting Jeff. Jeff would come over. Ugh. She had kids in the house. She told the kids, just don't go in that room. Like, Daddy left. Don't go in that room. And the kids wouldn't go in the room. And then when she had guests over, she would say, like, there's just really bad memories in that room from the day that Scott left. Because they all knew that he didn't want her to have the baby and that he was trying to make her abort the baby and would, like, beat her up. So they all knew. They just all assumed, like, they got into a fight there and she got roughed up real bad in that room. So she's like, I just boarded that room up and I just don't fucking go in there. Like, that was Scott's room. I'm not about that. As your friend, if that happened to you, I would be like, don't worry. I'll help you process. Yeah. We're going to clean it. Fucking clean it out and wallpaper it and make it your own space. Yeah. And I would discover a a bummy, a mummy, a body. (laughs) A bummy. I don't know. Again, I'm speculating here. But like if you have somebody who was abused for a long time, maybe she came across as pretty fragile or easily upset. And if you're the friend and you start to talk about it and they just shut it down. So everybody's just like, okay. Yep. Okay. That's just her room that she boards off, right? Hmm. No one ever mentioned a smell. No one ever investigated or questioned further or whatever. But that's also why the bedroom window was open all winter long. Because she didn't want it to smell. Mm-hmm. She did mention somewhere that like when the argument had happened, the window was open and that she eventually closed it from the outside or something. I don't know. Oh but God. that's why the window was open. So this, along with all the paper trails of her attempting to withdraw Scott's money and from the accounts and all that shit, it leads police to charge her with Scott's murder. And she was brought to trial, obviously. Yeah. By the way, the, the kids just knew that the dad left and they knew not to go into the room. That's it. She that just said, it. like, the kids listened to me. Like, I told them not to go in there, and they did not go in there. Like, she had only gone into that room three times after the murder, and it was in the same day. So since the day of his murder, she had never stepped foot or looked into that room ever again for Damn, the whole what time. what kind of square footage you working with that you can just close off a whole fucking room in your house? I don't know. That's a good question. I have no idea what the house looks like. She lives in a mansion. Apparently. And oh, that you he died smell. in the West Wing. Mm, oh, he must never go in the West Wing. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's forbidden. <laughs> I might really like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> okay, so she's going to trial, right? Yeah. Obviously. Of course. Here we are. 
The prosecution argues that Dixie killed Scott because she wanted his inheritance. Mm -hmm. They acknowledged the abuse she endured at the hands of Scott, but countered that after each of the domestic abuse encounters, Dixie would always write asking for leniency for Scott, right? Because she's in an abusive relationship. I know. I'm like, that's a shitty argument. Yeah. But they also argue that when Scott was laying down and the door was shut, Dixie could have run out of the house instead of going back into the bedroom to the phone Fair. where she ended up murdering him. So they're like, that's premeditated murder. She was planning on killing him that day and she saw her opportunity and she did it. They also discovered that one of the shells in the shotgun was improperly loaded in the gun. Like it was loaded backwards mm-hmm. and and it caused the gun to jam that day. So the gun was fired twice, but only one shotgun shell was shot. Mm-hmm. And Scott, who was a gun enthusiast, would not have loaded his gun improperly. I would assume. Yeah. So that's why the prosecution is like, did he threaten you with a gun or did you go get a gun and was, wait till he fell asleep and yeah. then killed him? Was this your only way out? What if he didn't even wake up from school that day or like after school that day, you know, like after the kid left for school that day? And he just always sleeps in like a CNA position with pillows perfectly placed. Could be. You could be right. Dixie could be lying all about this. And maybe that's her only way she saw out of it was like, I'm going to fucking kill him. Yeah. After the kids leave. What if what if she sent her son in there to go wake him up for breakfast and had already killed Scott? No way. And the son was like, dad won't wake up. And she's like, oh, that's weird. Go to school. That's fucking psychotic. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I don't know for sure. But that could be it. And I'm not saying it's right that she should have murdered him, but also he sounds like a fucking asshole. So, like, she might have thought that's her only way out is to kill him. Like, he's always going to come back and grab me. He always drags me back. He keeps kidnapping me. The only way out is to kill him. Yeah. And also it was the baby and he didn't want her to have it. And and she was beating him up. It was literally a threat to her life. So I understand the circumstances, but the resolution perhaps is not the correct one. Yeah. But it's what she went with. And also, I don't know what the true story is, right? Yeah. Like, is it is Dixie telling the truth? And he, he was enraged when he loaded the gun, according to her accounts. So maybe he wasn't fucking paying attention. He was just shoving shit. In. You know, when you're all fucking pissed and you're just shoving shit in there and you're like, nothing's fucking right around here, you know? <laughs> You're yeah, all pissy? Maybe. And then also, what if he's like, I'm not really going to pull the trigger at her anyway. I'm so just going to point it at her and Yeah, but a, a man wouldn't like, not to say that only men or whatever, but like, I feel like they wouldn't risk their gun that way. I feel like I just wouldn't in general. It's like, it's kind of like you wouldn't put toothpaste on the back of a toothbrush. Yeah, <laughs> like, like you you're know? not going to improperly load yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's just weird. Just because, you, like. But also, it's harder for me to believe that she would do it intentionally. Wrong. Like, I'm prepping. I'm going to load the gun. Oopsie, I could see that, Load it backwards. I could see that. I could, could see, assume there was no argument that morning. But, like, and load it backwards? Up for school. Well, maybe she doesn't know how to load a gun. But, like, yes, a shotgun shell is pretty obvious which way. Is it? I would think. It's like any other bullet, right? No. The it's got f- a big-ass plastic piece. Yeah, but, like, the flat part. It's got to hit the hammer so it'll explode out. Yeah, but what if she doesn't know how guns work? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What I'm if just she saying. was like, I don't know which way is right, so I'm going to do it both ways. Oh, and we'll just see what happens? And we'll just see if it works. You know like, what really upsets me fire. is that is actually a very plausible scenario. <laughs> and also one that really upsets me is that like somebody in this world has probably done that multiple times on several occasions. And, and it's just like, like not common fucking knowledge. Like, you know what? One of them's going to work. Like, I grew up around guns a lot and stuff. 
like in my family, everybody hunted. Mm-hmm. I've seen movies with shotguns being loaded. Like, I just feel like it's common knowledge. Yeah. But I sometimes forget that, like, not everyone has that background. And maybe if yeah. she was very sheltered, I could see that being a scenario. But or it really upsets me that that would be an option. <laughs> if she's like the girl or whatever in their relationship and she's, in, you know, delicate flower and all that. But also bullshit. the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. But also the breadwinner. But like, like, I don't bait my own fish hooks. Like, I probably could. If I could. But I don't want to. You know how to, though. But I don't do it. So then if you were to hand me a worm and a fish hook and be like, bait this shit, I'd probably do it wrong. Maybe I'd just tie it in a bow. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm lo- you're losing me a little bit on the bait and fish <laughs> argument. But, like, if it's a thing that she doesn't do often, what if, like, when they go shooting, he loads the bullets, the shells? Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I think it's a valid argument and one that I think is also breaking my heart to admit that I think is a valid argument because I'm going to be really upset if she was like, I'm going to fucking murder him today. Let's load his shotgun. Which way does this go? I don't know. I'll try both ways. Like, that's really going to bother me. I bet that's what it is. That's really going to bother me if that's really what happened. Or like, you know, it's 95. She doesn't have Google. At her fingers. She's in Iowa. I feel like um, I don't know why Iowa. Everybody's got to know what how to fucking check. This is just like not. (sighs) Okay, honestly, though, it could go either way. Like I have convinced myself both ways multiple times. I think it's a valid argument. She could have gone just like try them both, not knowing that the gun would jam. I don't think I don't. Okay, let me just say this. I don't think that that is the most compelling argument, but. I think it is plausible that it could have happened. Reasonable doubt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is why you should never include me on a jury because mm-hmm. reasonable doubt will always creep in some way or another. Okay. So that is the prosecution's whole argument. Mm-hmm. Now let me tell you the defense. Okay. The defense argues that she was abused and had no other way out and her living with her family in the same house as her decaying abuser is another huge sign of the psychological damage and abuse that was caused to her. Right. Okay. Like, are they going with insanity? I think they're more going like with he was super abusive. It was her life or his. And so in self-defense, she killed him. And to further their account of his abuse, they're like, she lived in the fucking house with his dead body for a year. Like, how can you not yeah. claim some sort of psychological damage issue? Something going on yeah, here. Yeah, you're definitely she, damaged. Like, he is dead and he still holds power over her. She kept him in the house. Like it's that's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. It took the jury eight hours of deliberation and they found her guilty in the second degree. And she was sentenced to 50 years with a minimum of 35 years before being eligible for parole. Mm-hmm. She had actually turned down a plea bargain that would have reduced her time to 10 years. <gasps> what? That makes me think, like, she really feels justified in what is going on. Or She could have had bad counsel, too, though. Maybe. Yeah, could be. Uh, she obviously appealed several times, but was always denied for her behavior in prison. Ooh. Now she, she rowdy? Well, when she first got to prison, she was really upset because she did not believe that she deserved, deserved. to be there. Yeah. She's like, I have kids. I am I work. I'm an honest person. Like, it literally was self-defense. I don't think I should be in prison. But she also said that she has since learned that, like, okay, yeah, he was abusive to me, but I can't kill a person. Like, I don't deserve to take anybody's life. Mm-hmm. 
So I understand why I'm here and I believe that I should be here. That is right for me to be here. Like I should have to serve prison time for what I've done, but maybe not as much as I was given because it was self-defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like she's not saying, I just did it fucking for funsies. Yeah, yeah. Like there was a reason he forced her hand at it essentially is her side of the story, right? Yeah. Also, I would like to state that one of the reasons that she was not paroled was because like I said, of her behavior, but her behavior was that she had chewing gum in her cell. So it's like oh. stuff like that where yeah. it's like, OK, like you're not supposed to do that. But also like you're not beating people up. Or yeah. Like she wasn't like a total fucking asshole. It was just like she's not obeying those silly rules. Every, nobody does. She got caught. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah. OK. Maybe that's my take. But, you know. So when is she up for parole? Okay, so let me tell you about this next. In 2014, Governor Tom Vilsack, not that we know who that is, but (laughs) I know good old Tom Balsack. (laughs) He reduced her sentence from 50 years to 10 years. Oh. As one of his last moves in office. Okay. Like before he retired or left or whatever. Oh, okay. Meaning that she was eligible for parole in 2014 at the age of 47. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, it seems that the plan was to first release her on work release, meaning that she could leave prison during the day to go to work, whatever, and then come back. Mm-hmm. And then if she had done well there, she'd potentially be full, fully paroled. I didn't really dig that hard, unfortunately, because I was literally scared, scrambling to do this. I didn't really dig that far to find out if she is fully out of prison yet. But technically speaking, she would still be serving. I think it. he reduced her sentence to 10 years, meaning that she could be paroled after 10 years. But okay. her original 50-year sentence still stands. That was a poor way for me to word that back there. Like, she still has 50, 50 years total, but can be paroled in 10 years instead of 35. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So I don't know if she's still in prison or if she's paroled or what the fuck is going on. But she did marry Jeff. And so now that's a thing. And they weren't married when she went to prison? No, they did get married. They got married when they knew that she was going to go to prison. So he knew that she had killed. She He obviously eventually found out that she had killed Scott. That's why we couldn't go in that bedroom. Oh, he was in there the whole time. Baby, but, I would have replastered that shit for you. Exactly. But he stuck by her side. And as a Jesus. side note. Yeah, right. As a side note, she met a chick in prison by the name of Tracy Dias. Uh who is there for murdering her sister and nephew in a house fire that she had claimed that she set in an attempt to kill her stepfather, Brian Street, Mm -hmm. because he was sexually abusing her. Brian Street is the son of Frank Street, who is Dixie's abusive stepfather when she was younger, who would sexually abuse her. What? What a fucking small world, which also makes me think that that must be a small town. Yeah, it's got to be a small town. A small area. Dixie's stepdad, abusive stepdad, mm-hmm. this kid, mm-hmm. was also an abuser mm-hmm. and abused his stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. Full fucking circle. Boom. And the stepdaughter set the house on fire to try to kill him, her abuser, and ended up killing her sister and her sister's son. Oh, that's fucked up. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she feels fucking awful about that in an attempt probably to free them, too, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. But I feel like this should have been a little more planning, maybe. I don't know. I didn't look that far into that case, but <laughs> what a fucking... I feel like a lot of planning could have gone into a lot of this whole discussion. <laughs> I know. So my take is that 
she obviously was abused. Yeah. I think I don't think she premeditated that shit at all. Like maybe she's like one day I'll do it, but I don't think she knew it was going to be that day cuz it seemed poorly planned and I think by her leaving his body in the room proves further that she had not planned it because she was so shocked by the murder afterwards that she was just like we're going to close the door and forget this ever happened. He was shot in the back of the head. Yeah, I don't think I really truly believe that he was like reaching for the gun. I don't know how that would fucking work logistically. Like, why are you reaching for the gun without looking? Yeah, he's like, don't go over there. Yeah, I think that part is like... Uh, he she was either have... asleep, mm-hmm. and she went in there to get the phone or whatever, and then was like, oh shit, there's the gun, oh shit, here's my chance, bam. Yeah. Or he was asleep. And she was like, I'm going to fucking kill him. And, she will, and the gun wasn't in the room, and she went and set up the gun and got mm-hmm. it all together and mm-hmm. all that, and then went in and killed him. Yeah. Either which way... He was asleep. Like, she could have yeah. left that house. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. I don't think that her it, her account makes it sound like that was her only way out. Yeah. Don't believe that. No. Definitely had another way out. I do believe it was probably her only, like, solid, quote-unquote, way out of the relationship. Because, like, obviously, be dead. she could leave, call the cops, she'd go back. Yeah, yeah, like, it's happened back. so many times. Whatever. Yeah, like, she... A restraining order only goes so far and maybe he would have hurt her in the end or whatever if she mm-hmm. did try to leave and all that and so she was afraid of that so maybe it was her only quote unquote way out but like not that's that why day. I keep saying that I think that she was not mentally capable of making sound decisions because of the abuse right like well I think that she was kind of stunted from the beginning in her life like she moved into her boyfriend's house at 14 so yeah. then he became like her yeah. caretaker 100 her abuser slash caretaker yeah she's like at under his power basically mm-hmm. yeah. i agree that's why like yeah she never really like fully grew up exactly and i i think that because of that Instead, like you're saying, she it was her only quote unquote way out. Like mentally, that's the only way she thinks that she's like, I've tried everything else that's supposed to work and it's not going to work. So I'm going to kill him. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Yeah, exactly. Like even neighbors called or she'd go to friends houses and Mm -hmm. he'd bring her back. Like I think he like was beating on her that day. And in that moment, she's like, I'm going to fucking kill him. Like, you know, she's crying, laying on the floor. He goes and goes to sleep or whatever. And she's like, now. And she goes and does it. Or like you said, maybe she went to go call and he stirred and it scared her and she shot him. Either way, I think it was unplanned enough that it shocked her that Mm -hmm. day that she's like, oh, my God, I fucking did it. And then uh, was like, didn't think past this part. Just shut the door. And that's how she's like... Nobody's going to help me. I don't have a fucking plan. This wasn't... I don't think she planned it enough to be like, and then I'll bury his body in the backyard. Obviously, because she didn't do it. But I like, get I get that. But I, I don't think her plan also was like, I'm going to kill him and then leave him in the room. I don't know. I think that's I, just how it happened. I just... I have a hard time with her leaving him in the room, if only because she sold his fucking stuff. He so, she sold his truck. She sold his tools. That means, like, you're getting rid of stuff. You're getting rid of his, I don't know, essence in your life, his whatever. Yeah, but people keep like locks of hair and teeth and shit and umbilical cords. People don't from their keep kid. bodies. No, no, I don't think it's normal at all. I'm just saying she obviously had some sort of mental like Absolutely. trauma. Absolutely, and maybe she had an attachment, or maybe she was like, "Oh no. my god, what if I bury him in the ground under the sycamore tree?" And he always hated sycamore trees, and he's gonna haunt me. I'll just leave him comfy in his bed. Here's a pillow. Good night, sir. I said good day. 
It's got to be a mental break. But in my head, like in my world, you can't just put stuff off for that long. Like I put shit off to the end. You know this. I put shit off to the end of the point where I'm supposed to edit and I'm literally throwing up and it's due in a couple of hours. Like (laughs) I put shit off. Yeah. But like you got to deal with it eventually. Yeah, maybe you and I are not communicating clearly because you just said it's obviously a mental break. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that you believed that. Oh, this whole time I'm like, how could you not see it's a mental break? No, I get that she has a mental illness and there's some something very wrong with her self. But like you you got to finish it. You You can allow yourself this like this break for a fucking, I don't know, month. And then you got to be like, anyway, what am I going to do with this body? Okay. You have children. I feel like I got an inch. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you have to have a time, though. So sit down on a Saturday, come up with a fucking outline on how you're going to get rid of this body. This is all going nowhere. This is a very cyclical argument. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> I'm just upset. I think I've made Aaron really mad. <laughs> Get rid of your bodies, people. Don't fucking live with them. Don't be weird. Don't put your Why children Why are you so that. mad today? Are you okay? I wasn't mad. Now I'm all heated. Oh, no. Okay. So if you guys want to check out pictures to this pertaining to this case to see how big the house was and what these people look like, if she was pretty enough to load a gun or not, go to, <laughs> to isgdpodcast.com. Also, while you're there, join our Patreon. For as little as a dollar, you get an extra episode every month and access to all the back episodes for as little as $10 you get literally a giant rant that we just cut out a cyclical rant about mental illness that neither of us are qualified to speak to and is totally opinion only mm-hmm. also while you are there please purchase some merch there's going to be cooler merch eventually Aaron's actually been working really hard on that so super hard so super hard and then what else can they do they can join us on social media we're on Facebook Instagram Twitter TikTok our yeah. handle is at ISGD Podcast. Mm-hmm. Also, come to Crime Town. Crime Tip. Oh, t- do something. Come, come to Crime Con. Come with us. Come hang out with us. I don't think you can get no the promo code anymore. But you can still get tickets, I'm sure. Yep, but you can still come. Come hang out with us. Come say hi. Mm-hmm. Make us look cool. Like we have people who listen to us. You know yeah. what I mean, Jellybean? We're going to have a fucking stuff. Go ahead. Oh, you don't want to admit to what we're going to have? No. Don't know what we can commit to. Don't know yeah. what we're going to commit to yet. We're going to be handing out friendship bracelets. Hell yeah, we are. That's the one thing we know we're doing. <laughs> we're so dumb. I love it. Okay. Uh, yeah, Crime Con, please, guys, come with us. And if you can't go, watch out for social media. We'll try to post pictures and shit like that. That is at the end of April. Yep. Okay. So uh, if you want to email us, email us at isgdpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to snail mail us, do that at... P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. And then, I think that's it, right? I feel yeah. like we're missing something. Subscribe, like rate, and review. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one. Subscribe, rate, and review, please. Tell everybody about us. We love you. Bye.